This week's podcast brought to you by Pens on a Leash. When one of our kids was in, uh, just graduated in fifth grade, she went to, actually it was a sleepaway basketball camp, wasn't it, Rebecca? It was. In upstate New York. Quebec camp. Quebec camp. And she came home raving about the local redheaded teen who was her team's coach, Coach Kevin. Coach Kevin this, Coach Kevin that. Coach Kevin was going to play college basketball at Maryland. Coach Kevin was a great dude. Coach Kevin was a great coach. Coach Kevin taught them a lot. And uh, then we didn't hear from or about Coach Kevin. Years passed, and our uh, daughter is now 14 years old. And Game 7 of the Atlanta Hawks-Philadelphia 76ers game is Sunday night. And we wake up in the morning and watch highlights. And this guy has gone off for... 27 points against the Sixers and is the talk of the internet, of Atlanta, of the NBA. And I'm showing highlights to our now 14-year-old daughter, and she says, yeah, that's Coach Kevin, Kevin Herter. Yesterday I was at the doctor's office, and... um First of all, they don't, they still let you, they now once again let you come in. You know, during COVID, it was you waited in your car. I kind of liked it until they were absolutely ready. And then you kind of like came up and they sneaked you in. You had your appointment and you left. Well, it's not the case anymore. I went up in the waiting room and the woman handed me um, a clipboard with a pen attached to it, like with those, the little chain like they used to have at the bank. The beaded chain. The beaded chain. And, um, I was I was I was filling out the form saying, well, it's been a really long time since I used one of these. But also I'd gotten used to in COVID the little cup, the one that said sanitized and the pens were in it. And then the cup next to it or the container next to it that said used pens. It, it didn't have and, a ribbon that said sanitized for your protection like the toilets in the hotels used no. to have. Do you remember those? Yeah, of course. And before you'd use the, the bathroom for the first time in a hotel, you'd cut it like you were opening a supermarket? And now um, and now when you go to a hotel, like they'll have, there, there's a, one of those sanitized things on everything. It's on the remote control. It's on everything. But um, but yeah, when I was filling this out, I was like, I kind of I kind of miss from a few months ago, the used and new pens. And, and instead of using the one on the uh, beaded chain. And the one on the beaded chain oftentimes had no pen at the end of it, at the end of the tether. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Sometimes it had like 17 feet of beaded chain. So if you needed to fill out a deposit slip uh, three desks over, you could do that. It was totally, a, that. it just makes you think of the bank and the little square thing it was adhered to it was affixed to on the other end but um and the excruciating boredom of going to the bank with your mom yeah when you're yeah, a kid yeah the most boring thing in the world yeah it was awful at least if you went to the liquor store with your dad they had like uh, lollipops lollipops yeah 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 it um it, it, it was that and uh do you also miss uh because the same time you were at the doctor i was at the dentist uh with our son and i wanted to wait in the car and read but since there was no restriction against my waiting in the in the room devoted to waiting, the waiting room, um, I felt obliged to sit inside. Yeah. But I, 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 I liked it also when, you know, you'd get tested in the parking lot. I wish they would do the dentistry in the parking lot. <laughs> they could eliminate the waiting room entirely. Well, it was, um, I don't know. I, I was hoping in terms of at least doctor's visits, we were, weren't were going to go back to the waiting room that was just going to be, all right, you're in the car, we'll call you right when we're ready for you instead of just 
letting you sit there. Drive through physical. Yeah, I was in fan. I was in favor of that. I wonder if any of our doctors in the in the uh, listening audience were in favor of that as well, not having customers in the actual building until I would it was go think time. They must prefer that. I mean, but they don't really deal with it. They don't deal with you in the waiting room ever. I've never seen a doctor walk through the waiting no, room God, because no. then someone might ask him a question. They stay in there, you know, in the back area. So I don't know that it made any difference to them at all. Doctors are treated like, you know, movie stars or something. You can't you can't reach them by phone. You can't see them until they appear on the big screen and they disappear just as quickly. Um, they're, they're, they're mythical figures, larger than life and uh, possibly not even real. Although... I found it interesting that I have a couple of doctors, two. One of them was a kid's doctor, and one of them was one of my doctors. And um, and I have their cell phone number, and I'm surprised that they were willing to give out the cell phone number. I never use it unless, like, they've told me to um, for a specific reason. But um, if I was a doctor, I don't know that I would give out my cell phone number. That just seems like you would have every parent worried about any of the slightest things texting you or calling you to, to find out if everything's okay. You're not a doctor and you don't give out your cell phone number. Well, right. Least, Who does? Who I gives out their cell phone number to? Well, no. You only give out cell phone numbers to people who you want to call you. All right. I don't have it, for instance. And I, I and I actually don't want anyone to call me. If I'm giving out my cell phone number, it's because I want you to text me. I think text is, like, wonderful. You can cut to the chase. You answer it when it's convenient. Phone call, very much less so. Um, it's always longer than it needs to be, and it takes a while. To, you know, you have all the pleasantries before you get to, like, what you're actually trying to, the information you're trying to get. Text, you don't start with all those pleasantries. How's it going? What's going on? You just get right to exactly what you need to know. I'm very comfortable giving out your cell phone number, and I do it frequently. Whenever I have to fill out a form or people say, you know, we've ordered something, um, can I get your phone? And I, I always give you our phone number. You may not even know what the heck it is that we've ordered, but yes. the call is going to come to you. Yes, whatever. I don't get a, I don't get um, very many of the uh, of the robo calls either. But um, yeah, big big fan of text. I do like FaceTime. Like when get, I'm away with the kids, I, I like that. I prefer that to just talking on the phone. You don't get many robo calls. No. Uh, you may have heard. I just got one while we've been sitting yes. here. Yes. I get I, I I would say 19 out of 20 phone calls that I get are are spoofing calls or so robocalls. I guess calls. it's not working well when you're giving uh, out my cell phone number instead. Well, none of them are lobo calls, I can tell you that. <laughs> I know even if I call you, you're not going to return the call or if I text you, you're unlikely to return the text and that's your reputation among the kids as well. They text you, you ignore it. You ghost that's, you ghost us. It's not that's not intentional. It's usually like I just don't have my phone on my person. <laughs> I know you love that phrase. I just don't have my phone on me at the moment. Like I'm outside doing yard work or I'm doing something and I'm not looking at my phone. Like this week I'm at a basketball camp and um and for those 3 hours I don't I'm not looking at my phone. So um I'm not ignore I'm not looking down and seeing that I have a text from one of our children and ignoring it. I'm just not looking at my phone. I I keep my phone on my person, but that that my person is is somebody I employ for purposes of carrying my phone. I really should learn his name. <laughs> You should also have him carry your wallet so stuff doesn't fall out of it. I keep my phone on former Indiana Pacer Chuck Person, <laughs> the rifleman. Is that where you keep your phone? Maybe all those robocalls are for him. 
so I, I mentioned I'm working a basketball camp. It's a girls basketball camp. And um, our son is attending the boys basketball camp, which is at a different time than the girls camp. And when I picked him up yesterday and I was just asking him about camp and he was tired, of course, you're tired at the end of a hot summer day of camp. And um, I asked him, like, you know, how did you do in, in the scrimmage? And he was like, meh. And I said, uh, were your shots not going in? And he just looked at me kind of annoyed and he said, I only touched the ball three times and I forgot, of course, when you go from like playing organized basketball and you're running an offense and like the whole sort of point is to get everybody involved and then you go to pick up or playing at basketball camp and it's every boy for himself and it's a lot worse with boys than it is with girls, like girls actually try to pass to one another in these circumstances. I forgot what it's like. Like it's whoever gets the defensive rebound is taking the shot the other way. They're going to dribble down. And only if they absolutely have to, like if they're about to travel or fall on their face, will a middle school aged boy pass to another boy. So well, I just said to him, well, get more rebounds. It's <laughs> news to me. Did you, um, how, how much did they scrimmage during the camp? I mean, I don't it's going to be incredibly boring for him if that's how it goes every day. Oh, no. I mean, it's uh, like, you know, you, there's a, if it's a three and a half hour camp, you're probably only scrimmaging for 15 to 20 minutes of it at some point. So touching the ball three times in a scrimmage Tell him to get some steals terrible. Well, yeah, on that's offense why I, of his own team. That's like, I've, I've, especially because our kids are tall, I've, um, I've said to them, like, if you're not getting touches – Become a really good offensive rebounder. There's no greater motiv- greater motivation to rebound than um, it's the only way you can get your hands on the basketball to get a shot up. Are you guys serious about this stuff? As a Rebecca Lobo set shot. Glass! I was at the grocery doing my weekly grocery shopping this morning, and um, I saw something new there. And um, I was in the produce area. Now I'm picking through some tomatoes, and I just hear vroom! vroom vroom and i look over and there's a guy working and he's like by the onions and he's got a handheld what looked to me like a leaf blower like a miniature leaf blower but you just hold it in your hand it looked a lot like one of those car vacuums like the sharks or whatever they were called that people would buy on infomercials back in the day um or what were the other ones that were super popular the handheld vacuum cleaners the floby no, there. Um, it looked just like the Black and Decker Dust Buster. Uh, we dust. never had one of those when I was a kid, and you and I don't have one of those now. At one point, we had a shark, which was like a imitation Dust Buster. But um, anyway, it looked like that, but it wasn't sucking anything up. It was blowing it, and so you know, if you've been to the grocery store or even in your own refrigerator drawer, when you have on- like when you buy onions, outside layers sometimes peel. The skin peels off a little bit. Or, you know, whatever the vegetable is that might have something like that. And so the guy was just going along and zoom, zoom, zoom. It's like blowing that stuff onto the floor. And I guess it's the job of the next person to then come and like sweep the floor. I don't know. But yeah, it was interesting. It they wasn't the sucking same, it up. It was he, blowing it off. The next person uses the same device in reverse and yes. vacuums it up. Yeah, I guess. But I'd never seen that particular handheld leaf blower before. And I'd never seen it. Um, in use at the grocery store. Did it have a tiny little cord that somebody had to, that a tiny person had to pull <laughs> to get the thing started? Why would it have to be a tiny person to pull the tiny cord? Couldn't a normal-sized person pull well, a tiny cord? I suppose so. That makes me think of the um, 
the doll I had as a kid. And you'd, what was the name of that thing? And you'd pull the cord in the back and it would talk. It was a pull chain toy. Like, I don't know what your doll was, but. Oh. Speak and spell, Chatty Cathy. It may have been a Chatty Cathy. Betsy Wetsy, who wet herself. I'm just going by commercials of my it, it, childhood. Well, I don't remember what it was. Maybe one of our listeners does, but it had it. Uh, well, there were like, a million dolls that you pulled. Pulled the yeah, cord. Yeah, had the you know the round, the circular thing, and you'd pull it, and then it. But it was a it was a plush. It was still a plush doll. It wasn't like a hard plastic doll. And then as the cord went in, it would talk. Anyway, um, you, just like you didn't need to have a, a little person to pull that little cord. Um, no, I think this thing just turned on, but. Um, but it, and it did like after the guy used it, the area where the uh, like the little box kind of that the onions are in, it did look neater and fresher and cleaner. And you'd like one of the, you would like a kitchen leaf blower. I do. I want one because like yeah, after we eat dinner, you could use it on the kitchen table. You could use it on the counter. Like yeah, I know that eventually has to get vacuumed up, which is all you know going to be my job too. But just for now, I'm gonna make the counter look a lot better. <laughs> there it goes. So after you make the. PB and J's for the school lunches. You could, you could use it as a crust buster. I say as a crust buster. <laughs> I heard you. We've only had one day as we record this one afternoon of basketball camp, and the youngest kids that can attend are kids who are going into. I think it's fifth grade. It might even be going into fourth grade. There's some young kids there. And um, we were doing dribble relay races yesterday, and I was in charge of those. And I was telling the kids, you know, when you get to the midcourt line, you're going to cross over or whatever I was saying. And um, you forget sometimes that you have to really break things down and explain it. And uh, one of the kids raised their hand after I was done explaining the relay race and said, uh, which one is the midcourt line? And um, so I showed them. But the kid who asked which one was the midcourt line was our going into sixth grader who's been playing basketball for four years now. Well, so I'm glad he, I, she, I, she now knows which one. Well, you don't know if it's... If it's it, it was a new court. So on a new basketball court, you might not know And a lot one. of those courts have lines for all kinds of different sports, and there might be a line bisecting the court yes. down, the, down the center of the court. But when I was... When I started playing basketball in sixth grade, I played hockey up until then. Um, the coaches just assumed everybody knew what they were talking about, and I didn't know for instance, that there was a three-second rule. So they would just blow the whistle and, and call some violation on me. Nobody ever explained to me what it was. And and the coaches would say, screen or set a pick, and nobody ever explained to me what that was. So I, I mean, I knew what the act was, but I didn't know what it was called. So that's not good coaching. And, and No, true. And what's interesting, too, is I was at watching our, our high school-age daughter play this summer at one of her games, and um, one of the parents of her teammates asked me if there was <clears throat> defensive three seconds. And because um, she had not played basketball before. And, and I said, well, there is an NBA and WNBA. And I didn't then try to explain it to her because it's a, it can be a little complicated. But um, but yeah, so like, you, of so course, you if, you, if it's a sport you never played as a kid. Like when, it's like when I how I feel when I watch. Our, our kids play volleyball. Our kids didn't start playing volleyball until they got to high school. And you're like, you know, why is that kid wearing a different shirt? Why can that kid go in and out whenever she wants? And then when our daughter told us, you know, the same person has to sub for the same person, like I was blown away. So, you know, I would probably be 
if I was sitting next to somebody who was who really knew volleyball, they would get annoyed by me because I would be like, what just happened? What's going on there? <laughs> Our oldest daughter is going to be a senior next year. So that means that she's starting to think about colleges and look at colleges. And so we went, I took her on her first college tour uh, last week. Not to Yukon because the one place, the one thing she does know, she doesn't know where she wants to go. The one thing she knows for sure, she doesn't want to go to Yukon. She doesn't want to go to a giant rural campus. But that her mother went to. That her mother went to, yeah. If it was if it was a small urban <laughs> campus, she wouldn't want to go there either. That is if true. If you had gone there, that is very true. So um, so we went to a school not Yukon, and uh, she took her first college tour, and um, it was a beautiful day, which helped things a lot. There was just two kids and and their moms. I was one of them as this rising senior um, was taking us on the, the tour. And, and, and in a manner of speaking, you were also a rising senior. <laughs> That's lovely. What I was to our daughter was um, probably slightly annoying because I asked a number of questions and they were fair questions. You know, what's your student teacher ratio? What's your average class size? How many AP, um, you know, credits does is there a cap on how many this school accepts like they're all things that are important to know i even asked you know like where do students who are 21 and over like where's the area that that those students like to go and go out and stuff so questions that weren't even necessarily for me but eventually for our daughter anyway she, you could tell like she said something to me afterwards like you were the only one asking questions i said yeah well there's only two moms on the tour and the other mom chose not to ask any questions <laughs> So whenever the the poor tour guide, and to his credit, he had an answer for every question I asked. Um, you know, anytime you would say any questions, and I would say, "Well, yes, I have a question." Did he roll his eyes and sigh when you when he would? He would no, ask I think a he was just like probably proud of himself that he had an answer for every question that I asked. Um, but uh, but anyway, it was it was. It was a new and different experience for me. I mean, you, you visited one school and you went to it. Did you take a tour when you visited it, or did you just, like, walk around on your own when you went to Marquette? Uh, no, we took a formal tour. Okay. So um, I didn't take any formal tour like this. Like, when I say I would, a formal tour, we were, we were in black tie. Yeah. <laughs> My mom was in a ball gown. <laughs> in gloves, white gloves. I would, like, if I went to a school, you know, then I would have the coach who would walk me around and whatever. So I hadn't been on this kind of a tour before either. Um, you're going to take our daughter this week on a different tour Correct. at a different school. And um, I'm, I'm interested to compare notes afterwards to see. Um, I won't what, ask what any questions. Do you think you won't ask any? Uh, I, if I have questions, I'll ask them. <laughs> well, don't you think you'll have questions? Uh, or do you think the, the tour guide is going to be so good in this hour-long tour of campus that they're going to tell you all the information that you would want to know? Or do you think it's going to be, you're going to be so lost in your own head daydreaming about something no, no, no. completely different? I may ask him questions that have nothing to do with the college. <laughs> General knowledge. Like what? Uh, sitcom trivia. <laughs> Bob Gibson's ERA in 1968. We'll see. We'll see what this kid knows. Okay. We had a lovely Father's Day here on Sunday. I hope the rest of you did as well, um, who are fathers. I spent mine... Even yes. if you're not fathers, you can still have a lovely Father's Day. Well, of course. And we had a lovely Father's Day uh, that afternoon spent the way I would I would have it no other way, attending back-to-back AAU basketball games while you 
uh, called a, a Sparks Liberty 25th anniversary game from from our house. No, it was so it was so different because in a normal year I would have been in LA. I would have left on Saturday evening, called the Sparks Liberty game, taken a red eye home. Instead, we went to my sister's and celebrated Father's Day in her backyard with my dad and you and my brother and um, my sister's husband. And then, yeah, I left and came home. And three separate called times. the game. Three separate times that day, somebody said to me, Happy Father's Day. And I said, Happy Father's Day. And I said that to two of my nephews, neither of whom are fathers. And, um, and I said it to one of our daughters. But you know what? When I, I said a Happy Father's Day to our sister-in-law, and that's okay. You can still have a Happy Father's Day, right? And sure. not be a father. You can be our an infant. Happy Father's Day. I hope you have a like a hope you have a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a I hope you had a terrific Mother's Day. For you're example. right. I, I, you can say Merry Christmas even if you're not Christ. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, even if you're not saying it to Christ. That's what I mean. Yes. Exactly. Well, now now I'll start wishing people Merry Christmas. Well, only on Christmas. Well, you mentioned basketball camp. Uh, one of us has to go get our son from basketball camp. So we got to wrap up this uh, package with a bow and a ribbon and a, and a cherry and a on top. button-down shirt yeah. with a bow tie. Right. All right. So let's get to viewer mail, shall we? We shall. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Uh, Roger writes three quick things, and and they don't look all that quick. No, Uh. regular paragraphs. Ooh. Uh, Roger writes to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Great response to your nothing-to-do child. Started work as soon as I turned 16 in Connecticut, first as a gopher for an accounting company, then a sandwich-slash-dessert chef at a long-defunct restaurant in Hamden called The Royal Footman. Now, do you suppose when he got that job, the restaurant was long-defunct? Or it has since become long defunct after he worked there. My educated guess is that it has since become long defunct. If he was making sandwiches and dessert at the Royal Footman long after it went out of business, that's an interesting gig. Uh, And I've pretty much worked since then. I longed for a time when I had nothing to do, which really only occurred in my senior year at UConn when they told me to work my job at the Alumni Center would require them taking other financial aid money away from me. It took me about one second to decide, nah, I just won't work when they told me about that. It's kind of what a lot of people are doing now with, uh, with uh, COVID relief. COVID relief. So you see a sign in every window, yeah, including at the deli counter at the grocery the other day. They were looking for somebody to work the deli counter for twelve hours dollars an hour, and I thought about mentioning it to our daughter, but I don't want her working around meat slicers. Although, if they also have an onion leaf blower, that might be sweet. That would and be fun. right up her alley. Second, writes Roger, traveling a lot back in my younger days for work, rental cars and parking lots were a lot of fun. Many attempts to enter them or getting in unlocked ones that weren't yours. It was always an adventure. My funniest was in Phoenix, where I not only unlocked and got into the wrong car, I think it was a key, not a fob, but actually started it and started to drive away when I noticed a briefcase that was not mine. I honestly thought about parking it in a different spot just for fun, just for fun, but put it back where I found it, found my car, and headed out in that one. I once checked into, well, it's happened a couple of times, but the one that's most vivid was checking in late at night to the Hyatt, I think it's the Hyatt or Hilton at Logan Airport in Boston. And um, they gave me the room key. I went up to the room and I there was stuff all over the room, papers and things like that. And I threw them in the wastebasket. And then uh, I opened the closet and there was a 
blazer hanging in the closet. And before I could determine if somebody was actually in the bathroom, uh, I got the hell out of that room. It was like no, close to midnight. <laughs> and I so, went back to the front desk and said, somebody's in that room. And they said, oh, my bad. Somebody may have woken up to find all their papers thrown Well, they away. definitely woke up to find that, yeah. Uh, the last thing, writes uh, Roger, here is the official announcement of my daughter's new job as assistant women's basketball coach at Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado. She doesn't complain that she has nothing to do anymore since assistant coaches do pretty much everything, from daycare to tutoring and everything in between. She has stepped up from the JC level to a deep 2 program and is looking forward to it as she climbs the ladder. Well, she did already do that this spring to cut down a net, but this ladder is a lot higher and will take longer to climb. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Congratulations, Congratulations to her and to you. Terrific. Yeah. Peace out, Roger. You're still waving, Colorado cyclist. Thank you, Roger. Uh, last week, Rebecca, you may recall we asked for a fast food confidential. You asked about yes, the, uh, the onions, the, the, the presumably proprietary onion dicing and process at McDonald's. Everything else. Well, Joan says, uh, Joan is also in Connecticut, or Roger's in Colorado, from Connecticut. Joan is in Connecticut. Joan writes, greetings, Steve and Rebecca. On the last podcast, you asked for contributions to a possible fast food confidential segment. Let me share a funny story that has been told many times in my circle since it occurred in 1979. Now, that is in my fast food wheelhouse. That is the year that my oldest brother, Jim, uh, wore White Castle uniform to, uh, to a, a party and then later worked a shift at White Castle, even though he didn't work there. Yes. Handing out free food to his buddies. I was a 17-year-old kid, writes Joan, working in the local Burger King down at the Jersey Shore, very close to to uh, DJ's Bar in Belmar, am I, uh, where young Denny Gallagher has been known to frequent. That's D-J-A-I. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Denny will correct me if I'm wrong. Known to frequent? Known by who? Where young Denny Gallagher has been known to frequent. Well, I mean, if it's in Belmar... Denny has, has frequented it, okay. even if not frequently. Can you frequent someplace like once? I guess not. I don't know. One Saturday, in an attempt to drum up even more business to add to our already insane weekend craziness, Burger King decided to have a 10-cent hamburger day. You can imagine the long lines out front and the high pressure behind the scenes where I was assigned to work the junior board. There I made all the Whopper juniors, all the cheeseburgers, and all the hamburgers. I, I wonder if, they, if, if the senior board is just the, the Whopper senior. I don't know. I don't know. Back in 1979, we didn't have computers to display orders, but instead relied on microphones out front and speakers back in the kitchen for us poor slobs to listen to and remember every order that came through from four different cashiers out front. I love this stuff, and I'm picturing the 1979 Burger King uniform. I can see it in my mind right now, and it wasn't all that different from the San Diego Padres uniforms mm -hmm. of the same era. As you can imagine, the 10-cent hamburger day was both a stressful yet fun day for me as I love a challenge. Of course I was up for the job. Of course I could keep up with the many, many requests for burgers this way and that. After all, Burger King tells you to have it your way. So as I worked like a dog in that hot kitchen in 1979, what did I hear over the speaker but this dreaded line that has lived in my mind for 40-plus years? 100 hamburgers! 100. All caps. The entire kitchen staff came to a stop and we all looked at each other thinking, this is crazy. Who would order 100 hamburgers? About three seconds after that request, I heard over the speaker again, Joan, it's your dad in the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I was mortified that my father had come to my workplace and made an absolutely outrageous request. I was also up for the challenge to make these 100 hamburgers as fast as I possibly could. Rebecca, do the math on that for me. 100 hamburgers at 10 cents a hamburger, 10 bucks? Is that what it would be? Yes, I think incredible. so. Uh, I was a madwoman of pickle placing, ketchup squirting, and burger wrapping. 
I was yelling to the grill boy to my left, keep him coming. It was his job to slap the frozen burgers on our flame broiled grill, which was our claim to fame over that dreaded establishment McDonald's. And yes, success. I completed the 100 burgers in a timely fashion and got that crazy customer out of our drive-thru. The story was the talk of the day, and although it was embarrassing at the time, it is now such a funny story by which to remember my dad. Hopefully this gave you a little bit of the behind-the-scenes Burger King action that went on 40 years ago. I'm wondering what dad did with well, the 100 exactly. burgers. Exactly. Does she not tell us? Well, let's see if she leaves us hanging. One insider tip to share, writes Joan, when ordering at Burger King, always get a little something different because it must be made to order. Extra pickles, extra ketchup, add onions, whatever. It will definitely be made fresh at that moment. No old burgers sitting around for listeners of this podcast, respectfully submitted by your resident casino worker, Joan from Voluntown, Connecticut. And Burger King, I actually prefer to uh, to its golden arched rival. The Whopper get, Jr. is my favorite fast food do you sandwich. Get it, but now it's good to know to get it slightly special. There's nothing I would what change are you do? about you the Whopper Jr. Extra onion. I, I will now. Now when I go to the speaker, I will say, "Can you tell me who's working the Junior Board?" Because this <laughs> this request is for them. Ralph in Maryland writes, "Hi, Steve. Other viewers will likely have noticed Steve's misuse of Whopper Jr. in reference to McDonald's onion. I have not had either in a while, but remember that Burger King onions are sliced, not cubed." White Castle sliders also seem to, be, to use cubed onions, similar to McDonald's. That is true. Uh, Burger Kings are sliced. Also true. Uh, I don't. I can't imagine that I would have said Burger King used diced onions, but I'll take Ralph's word for it. No, no. You just said um, something about a Junior Whopper. I think when we were having a McDonald's conversation, I think that's what he's saying. Ah, uh, I see. You used one franchise's burger when we were talking about the other franchise. Uh, Alex from St. Paul writes, Hi, Stephen Rebecca. A funny bit on the pronunciation front. For several years as a new middle school teacher, my sister taught her eighth graders a word that she pronounced solder. Off they went into the world, and only after several years did she discover that it's pronounced solder. Oops, but she laughs about it now. Solder, S-O-L-D-E-R. Of course you would pronounce that solder if you hadn't heard. What's the definition? I don't know that word. Soldering, you know. Oh, like with a with fire. Yes, with fire. And metal. And metal. With fire and yes. Very good. All right? Yes, Gronk. <laughs> okay. Fire and metal. Solder. Solder, yes. I wanted to send a tribute to the late and beloved Bloomington, Minnesota star Tom Kervis, who passed away Monday, writes Alex from St. Paul. Thank you for bringing that up, Alex. Although he starred for Jefferson High School rather than the clearly superior Kennedy, my alma mater, uh, that is me, Steve's alma mater. Kerber's won the 1984 Hobie Baker Award at Minnesota Duluth, won the Stanley Cup in 86 with the Canadians, and has recently been assistant general manager of the Minnesota Wild Club. Cheers to one of our hockey greats and a great man, too. Uh, Tom Kerber's uh, was a hero to all of us in Bloomington. He had an 11-year career in the NHL. Uh, great family from Bloomington and, uh, and uh, a fan of my books and would always tell me, uh, share stories about Bloomington and people that we knew in common. And um, he passed away yesterday, uh, age 57 or 58, of lung cancer as a non-smoker and um, remained a, a humble, funny, nice, kind guy throughout of, throughout all of that and throughout his uh, great hockey career. And, um, you know, he's he's much missed, and, and um, we're thinking of his uh, great family back in Minnesota. Oh, um, Alex also, thanks for thanks for mentioning Tom, Alex. Alex also said, curious to hear Rebecca's take on the announced U.S. Olympic basketball roster. Anyone you feel deserved to make it who didn't? I know that uh, was a bit of a controversy yesterday. Um, 
Yeah, most of the names were not um, a surprise at all, but the name that, that was left off of the list that was a huge surprise was Neka Ugumike. I, I didn't realize until I saw today that she has never been on the Olympic team, which is which is surprising. Um, so she's injured right now. She has a knee injury. She's been out for a couple of weeks. And um, when I did the New York LA game this past Sunday and we asked Coach Fisher about it, um, you know, he said he did not expect her back in the next week or two. So I don't know what the prognosis is in for her injury. I do not know what role the injury played in her not making the team. But without question, it's surprising that one of the best players in the WNBA and an incredible leader, she's the president of the Players Association, um, you know, just sort of an impeccable human <laughs> um, and a great, great basketball player. So my assumption was that it was due to her injury. I don't know if that's the case or not, but um, a lot of people were very, very surprised that she was not on the team. A follow-up question. Do you think when I buy the farm that the uh, first or second paragraph of my obituary will include the phrase, an impeccable human being and an excellent basketball player? I, uh, excellent basketball player might make it in. You're you called her good, something else, good. a Hall of Fame basketball player. I can't remember what you said mm-hmm. now, but... Uh, uh, but no, I mean, she, like, you know, sometimes it, you're like, why, man, that, that player's really, really good. Why isn't, why didn't that player make this team or that team? And then you hear later on, well, they're kind of a pain in the tush. She's not that, obviously. She's not that at all. She's everything that you want in a human being, you know, and in, in a, in a teammate on a team like the Olympics. So that is certainly not the case. Well, sorry to race through this. You've got to get going. Uh, and um, which brings us to our final viewer, Mayor, Dr. Gary Siegel. Uh, DGS, the notorious DGS, who writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I hope that Father's Day was a good one for Steve, Mr. Russian, and Mr. Lobo. I'm sure that the children and grandchildren are all were thoughtful and loving to the fathers and grandfathers. They were, uh, in fact, our eldest daughter the day after Father's Day uh, went to... Um, no, it was Father's Day. Oh, it was Father's Day. Day. That, that afternoon, we celebrated that morning. Took her newly minted driver's license, drove to a bookstore, and came home with a biography of Joni Mitchell and an autobiography of of uh, Sir George Martin for me. So she, she knows she, knows me well, and I'm enjoying both books tremendously. Yeah, she was part of the, because we gave you a family gift, and so she was considered part of the family, but she also wanted to use her own money to, uh, to get you a couple books, which was wonderful. Dr. Siegel writes, all has been pandemonium here as our daughter, son-in-law, and almost two-year-old granddaughter, the younger of the two, came in for the long weekend. So I listened to last week's podcast before their Thursday night arrival and hope that by the time that you read this note, I have learned from one of your viewers the secret behind those McDonald's onions. No, but we've no. learned the secret of the Burger King Junior Board. Rebecca, rest assured that our children ate plenty of fast food in the car while being chauffeured around by Mrs. DGS. That said, the baller... Ah, Dr. S- Mrs. DGS lets them eat in the car. Mm. Mr. Uh, my dad certainly wasn't having any truck with that. That said, the ballerina and her ballerina carpool mate were sometimes served pickup food from their favorite Chinese or Italian restaurant because class tended to be end a bit late in the evening and they were both hungry and wanted to eat healthy food sometimes. Pickup food, he calls it. Not takeout, not carryout, pickup. Pickup. Mm-hmm. Is that eaten in a pickup truck, do you suppose? Sometimes. I don't think Dr. Siegel is, is uh, rocking the pickup truck. It's Monday night and we're recovering from the whirlwind of having our home taken over by a 25 or so pound child who's awfully cute but who does need prompt feeding, napping, and attention when it required. She was also not terribly cooperative with my attempts at a photo with swag, so I'll have to work on that when we next see her. Lastly, if you don't mind a bit of insight that I'm sure that all of the viewers want to know, when the teens in your home act, well, like teens, despite their fine upbringing, do the younger ones comment upon their older sister's teenaged behavior? 
Thanks again for keeping us all entertained, and I would urge any viewer to take a moment and send a note to the podcast, even if mundane like this, as the viewer support and stories make the podcast so much fun. All the best, Gary. That that strikes me uh, uh, very welcome as DGS doing a PBS-like appeal, urging viewers to support this station. I think it's also his way of saying, um, take the load, take the load off, off me, me, people, because... I can't have the pressure every single week. And he comes through every single week. Uh, As the band famously sang, take a load off, Gary. Yes. Take a load for free. <laughs> take a load off, Gary. You put the load right back but on But we me. would love to have more viewer mail, of course. And if people have anything that they would like to share with us, you send it to at ballandchainpod at gmail. At Not gmail. at, okay. I always say that, ballandchainpod at gmail.com. And uh, that's all we've got. You've got to get going uh, for producer Denny Gallagher. Tom Dick Hari. Please. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane